0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Charlie.
1: Hello. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the U.S.S. Voyager. i Captain Captain Janeway of the U.S.S. Voyager. Do it. Do it. Do it. Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys. Just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. Normally we clap sync before starting the show, gives uh-huh. us some nice birds on the waveform to yeah. sync with.
0: Gives you a nice spiky bird
1: on the waveform. And on today's <laughs> episode, I I tried to sync sigh sighs don't sync like the claps do. Yeah, So not spiky enough. You,
0: the bird needs to be spiky for it to be a usable sync mark.
1: Or a weapon in a canceled episode of Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: Yeah. You know, on the flop house, instead of a clap, what they do is count off. Yeah. So, so. Oh,
1: like count together?
0: Like, like one, one person will say one, one person will say two and you just wait for your number to come up and you say it. And then the, the editor just lines them up like that.
1: Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, so, so all the hosts of the House are not saying one, two, three, one is saying one, the other saying two, the other one saying three. Y- you got it. You're picking up what I'm putting down. How do you sync that? I mean, like the clap is
0: nice, but it's a bit of a fiction that it's actually like a very precise mark because yeah. there's lag, you know? Totally. So, and and sometimes you play with that lag. It's just
1: a good place to start.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I like I don't think that there is a right or wrong way to do it. We have chosen the clap <laughs> as, our, as our preferred method. I thought it was I mean- interesting to guest on another show. Not the first
1: time I've chosen the clap over other options. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I had a great time going on the flop house, and uh, it's always interesting to see how another how their family does it. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd never be invited back on the flop house after the first time you slash we were guests on the flop house. Good job. Oh I must man. have forgotten.
0: If people don't know, there's a a crossover episode of The Greatest Generation and The Flop House in the Max Fun bonus feed where we review Star Trek V: The One Where They Kill God.
1: I don't want anyone to listen to that episode because I want to tour that movie, <laughs> and and I've burned up all my great jokes. Yeah, episode yeah. <laughs> we didn't save anything for the swim back I ride for Cybok harder than Manu rides for Tuvix <laughs> <laughs> I think I love Cybok
0: yeah Cybok's great Manu is on the record as saying Star Trek 5 is the best Star Trek film so
1: oh man see now I don't like it as much anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll tell him you said that he'll be devastated uh huh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'll know. He he listens to the show. That
1: guy is just uh, chaotic opinionated.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he takes a a certain joy in, uh, in staking out a <laughs> nearly indefensible position on certain meaningless matters, like whether or not it's okay to have melted cheese in a dish.
1: You know, chaotic opinions make me think a lot of a character on the show today, Ben. Mm. <laughs> One just... of the ur-chaos agents in all of Star Trek. Mm. We're just going to pivot right in, aren't we? <laughs> Why not? Why not get in? It's right there.
0: Okay. You talked me into it. It's season three, episode 11, the Q and the gray.
1: course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around. <laughs> this is some real nerd shit on the bridge just to kick off the episode. Can we before we you... talk
0: about how nerdy the bridge scene is, can we talk about how nerdy the title of this episode is?
1: Yeah. The,
0: yeah. It's it's the blue and the gray as in the civil war. Uh-huh. But the Q instead of the blue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I always like... thought the Q side would be the Confederate side. I'm a little uh, shocked by by that.
0: I mean, but it's brother versus brother brother in the Q Civil War, <laughs> so it's all the Q side. <laughs>
1: That's true, yeah. <laughs> I just,
0: I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe and I know from corny puns. I'm a big fan of the corny pun, but oh, this yeah. this one took me a minute to process and by the time I'd worked it out I, I felt great umbrage with whoever picked this title. <laughs>
1: Your enthusiasm for corny puns is amazing. <laughs> Where is the pun even? (laughs) Do you think when you're on a starship, Hmm. do you just keep needing more and more visually interesting things to move your needle? Yeah. And when you see the supernova that starts the episode, were you a little (laughs) underwhelmed? It's just a blinding white flash.
0: Yeah, it didn't seem that spectacular based on some of the other things that we've seen in Star Trek but the crew treats it as
1: amazing. It's the scarcity part of it that that they're enthusiastic about, right? Like yeah. no one gets to see this.
0: It gets a standing o. The whole crew <laughs> stands and 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 claps for this.
1: This bridge crew is the type that claps when the plane lands, <laughs> you know? <laughs> claps when the the credits roll in a the movie theater.
0: Yeah. Even Neelix they're- and Kess are there. Kess knows about standing os. As long as you're having them in broom closets,
1: right I just had to I
0: just had to wedge that joke in there, <laughs> just shove it in,
1: shove it in, and close the locker door behind it
0: <laughs> the e m h is there to remind everybody that he has this thing on his arm now, all right, later, yeah. not gonna be in the episode any longer
1: and that six bay is the real place to be if what you want to see are things explode. <laughs> Like, he makes a very flowery pronouncement about, you know, like, the bridge and the view screen is a cool place to be ordinarily, Mm -hmm. but uh, Six Bay is where it's at.
0: That's what he's talking about, right? He's like a friend that moved to kind of an annoying part of town that's, like, a little bit far from where most of your other friends live, and he's always trying to get
1: people to come. out. No, there's some really great stuff out there. You guys got to come check it out. That was impressive and everything but until you've seen a spiky headed baby move <laughs> through the birthing canal you've never really seen the galaxy's danger the way i have
0: <laughs> the captain has been on the bridge for 14 hours today she basically gets you- kicked off by Chicote.
1: no one gets to use her bathroom right I think this is a lot easier if you're her and you get to duck out to your ready room anytime you want <laughs> to to take that mid work dump. Well, with how much coffee she's drinking too, like she's got to be going back and forth all the time, right? When they beam the poops out of you, do people know what's happening to you? Are you like,
0: <clears throat>
1: thank you? Do you ever prefer the classic dump? If that's the case. <laughs> Original flavor. <laughs> yeah, like taking a dump, old school rules. Mm,
0: yeah. I think that Captain Janeway is kind of a... Uh, like she enjoys traditional oldie timey big dress style holodeck programs. I bet she enjoys a... Uh... <laughs>
1: Pooping in a hole for, <laughs> for on vacation. <laughs> yeah, she's an enthusiastic camper in a way that I am just not... So don't you go take Ben, take- I'm going to take the other <laughs> side of your theory okay. about the about the poop beam outs and yeah. I, and I think it's because you've gone on record and I think we both have that everyone in Starfleet has their poops beamed out. Yeah. Keeps them at work longer, keeps them efficient.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a technology that Jeff Bezos is probably hard at work on.
1: Probably more healthful for a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of bad things can happen when you get in there with the wiper. But <coughs> if you don't use <laughs> that muscle, Ben, you'll lose that muscle. Mm. So, like, I imagine you might, you might become accustomed to having it beamed out and then maybe you're on an away mission or you're on a planet with Chakotay where he's building you bathtubs and all mm. of a sudden you got to poop with the old school rules. Right. I think that stuff's just coming out of you. In a very
0: inconvenient way. It's like the theory that Taco Bell has that reputation of giving people the runs because people that eat mostly fast food never encounter dietary fiber until they have the beans at Taco Bell, and yeah. then suddenly it lets yeah. it lets
1: everything go, like a crab pot suspended above the crab trawling boat. <laughs> so, so your theory is basically
0: their cutter. Is a is a muscle that they could let atrophy if they're if they're not careful about it. Maybe you Yes. Maybe like replicator rations, you're you're asked to do your business in the traditional fashion at least a couple of times a week.
1: In the SAT question jargon, it is asshole is to shit as <laughs> crab pot is to crabs. <laughs> Do you think anybody's listening to this show? At this no, moment? they're all gone. That's it. That's it. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we could just stop now, then, right? <laughs> We've spent five minutes on the first minute and ten seconds of this
1: episode. <laughs> the Hey, Ben, the, the cell doors have been unlocked the entire time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So the captain heads down to her bedroom and discovers that her bed has been replaced with the kind of uh, thing you see in the honeymoon suite at a corny-themed roadside motel.
1: lot of pressure and you get yeah. the heart-shaped pillowcases on the bed.
0: Seriously. And there's Q. John Delancey is back and he's attempting to set a mood here because what he would like very much is for Catherine Janeway to bear his offspring.
1: You got to keep them separated. It's not very sexy when you use the clinical terms for things in mm. this scene, right? So his version of seduction sounds very clinical. It does. Don't yeah. you think? I mean, he's out of practice. Like he doesn't even call it lovemaking. It is, right. it is like procreation is the word.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, it oscillates back and forth though, right? Because he's like, he's also like, I want it to feel good, so I've created these satin sheets because we're not doing it with those shitty military issue ones that you normally have on your bed. Uh-huh. Which, <laughs> that's like a remarkably subtle bit of character development for Catherine Jane, why she's like flung to the other side of the galaxy and... Has bit. We've seen her in fabric shopping mode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she has not upgraded her bed sheets. Treat yourself 2011. I mean, does everyone have a sofa bed? Is that the standard issue situation on the ship? Yeah, I don't know. If one person was going to have a real bed, you'd think it'd be the captain in the captain's quarters, right? Is this a sofa bed? Well, oh. I'm saying once Q takes off and like the the room is returned to normal, uh-huh. what was once a bed is now a sofa. It is. Yeah, oh, I didn't notice that. It's the only thing I could think about. Wow, wait,
0: are you That's confusing not- her bedroom for the ready room, which has a sofa?
1: No, no. <laughs> Watch this scene. I'll wait when he leaves and everything switches back to normal. The heart-shaped bed transforms back into a couch.
0: Wow. Okay. I mean, maybe there's just a different room in the suite that has
1: that has a bed in it that he didn't want to mess with. <laughs> Out of respect. Have you ever gotten the honeymoon suite? The one, like, that isn't just, like, a really nice room, but that is, like, actually set up. I have not. Like that.
0: I got a very nice room in one of the hotels we stayed in on my honeymoon. But it wasn't, like, rose petals and shit, you know? Yeah. Fuck, it totally does turn into a sofa. (laughs)
1: How fucking great would it be to have a sofa bed, but what came out of the sofa was a heart shaped bed. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Uncle Rick. We've got a spare bed at the house if you come in through town. Ordinarily a guest is is going to be disappointed by sofa bed accommodations anyway, but then like you bag over the head, punching them in the face with the fact that the the bed inside is a heart-shaped bed. <laughs> <laughs> I want that just for the react. And what's going on here seems pretty pervy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that'd be amazing. That's a worthwhile bit. An yeah. expensive bit, but worthwhile.
1: I love traumatizing my friends and family for a bit. All I do is Bits, bits, bits. For like 30 seconds of amusement. <laughs> that's the classic uh, Your Wife Reacts with Who is This For? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is like one of my favorite lines.
0: <laughs> one of the questions I had was like, this scene kind of unfolds on either side of the opening credits sequence. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of refusing, refusing, refusing. And when we come back from credits, they're like in the bed together and she's pushing him off of her. Which yeah. was not the position they were in before the credits.
1: What happened during the theme? I have a lot of questions about that. So much happened off screen. Why don't you have a seat right over there? I like how Picard crawled and Cisco walked so Janeway could run in terms of quipping with Q. Yeah. Like there is a total escalation to how these captains treat him. And I got to believe, like, the next captain to meet Q is just going to be like, it's nothing but profanity and punches <laughs> to the face. <laughs> yeah, because Janeway is really throwing shit back at him in a in a very satisfying way.
0: Just has zero time for it. I thought yeah. through this entire scene. I wonder how Chakotay is going to feel about this. I'm guessing jealous as fuck. And yeah, the writers of this episode totally anticipated that question and answer it in short order. Good.
1: Chicote's balls get smashed from two different directions, like from from the front and behind.
0: <laughs> if you can smash him from the front, wait till you smash him from the back, back, back.
1: <laughs> because initially, he's made to feel the jealousy of another gentleman suitor for the lady friend that he has feelings for, and then he has to be in the same room for Janeway to go. There's no jealousy here. Chicote doesn't have a chance either. <laughs>
0: Ouch He goes to the office that we now know him to have And sits down and uh, starts working on a manuscript entitled She's just not that into Q
1: (laughs) Yeah Sure does Do you you think he writes it out on like a a burlap sack The way all of those documents tend to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah anything that gets uh, it's more of a manifesto is what i'm saying
0: right anything that would get shared in a mclaughlin group on the table uh, yeah has to be written on a dirty piece of fabric
1: i find it fascinating that chakotay is so emboldened to get all up in his crew person's shit about things like he has a dream relationship with blt where they get to crosstalk that all the time and he gets to ask sincerely, what up with Q? Yeah. They have a, like, maybe
0: even more hostile relationship than Q and Janeway. <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Q goes tit for tattoo with Chicote. Because mine's bigger. And it still doesn't seduce Janeway or impress Chicote. Yeah. What would it take to know. impress either of them? Not big enough. He was like, what if I had John Delancey's legendarily giant hog? (laughs) Would that make a difference? (laughs) I feel like we both learned about that fact between the last Q episode and this one. And now I was just totally preoccupied watching this with with what that thing was doing below the frame uh-huh uh-huh when he says mine's
0: bigger he's not talking about the problematic tattoo on his face
1: no he's he's talking about uh his own personal continuum
0: yeah he's only gonna take out enough to win the yeah the, the contest <laughs>
1: my word you're a tripod he's he's
0: the only one to beat
1: milton burl
0: at it, that game exactly <laughs> Down in the holodeck, Harry Kim and Tom Paris are getting massages from a couple of ladies who are are Q beamed away from them by Delancey, who appears down there. And like Paris and Kim do not skip a beat. They are not surprised to see Q. They are not alarmed by his presence. They are just annoyed. All right, Q. We'll bite. What do you want?
1: It seems commonplace in our society for powerful people to take great umbrage with not being feared or respected and there is like something absent from every cue scene in this episode so far that has something to do with that like no one fears him everyone's throwing shit back in his face in a way that you would expect an omnipotent creature to be like i'm gonna bishop (laughs) you in this holodeck and keep you alive (laughs) he's not really a threat anymore the way he used to be like those earlier Q episodes you really did fear him and now there's no fear component at all
0: yeah I mean it seems like he is not going to just kill someone for the shits and giggles of it anymore
1: part of it might be that another aspect to it might be the clothing he's wearing which seems to be out of the McDonaldland casual collection Uh
0: This is all the uh, Cabana wear that Kramer took from George's dad. I can't find any of my vacation clothes. They were in the attic.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. And and Paris and Q are like doing the work that Janeway has assigned everyone, trying to get to the bottom of why Q's there, really. Yeah. And even Neelix participates because when Q whips around and heads to the bar. Neelix's version of a vacation is actually a busman's holiday. What what is Neelix doing there? Working on the holodeck? Take a break, Neelix.
0: You got time to get a massage from a bikini babe? You got time to clean, Neelix. Get behind that bar. (laughs) I, I have a lot of questions about this scene.
1: It's funny, Q Q leans over the bar and takes a look at Neelix's feet and then actually blows his brains out (laughs) on on the holodeck, and he's dead. Yeah, the safeties are not on. (laughs) Yeah, he took the Quinn way out.
0: One of the things that entered my mind in this scene is, is it possible to make a good-tasting drink that is served in a hollowed-out butternut squash? (laughs) I think uh, Crystal Jewett may be the only person that I yeah. can think of that would be capable of answering this question. But if she can come up with a recipe, I would totally try this on our next Coco No-No episode.
1: I mean, I would assume there would be kind of a, uh, like, you could imagine a tiki drink having squashy flavors in it in a allspice dram hey, kind of way. Allspice and, and squash are good friends. yeah.
0: But like, Good friends is, like the cereal. Is citrus friends with those and rum
1: also. <laughs> how quickly would the squash deteriorate, you think? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it probably depends on how on how ripe the squash is too. I had um, a really bright idea in college to uh, to get a, a bunch of mini watermelons, uh-huh. you, know, the, you know, like hand size. Sure. And hollow them out. And make watermelon margaritas in them. <laughs> Christopher Walken had this idea. And hollow them out. <laughs> what you do is you take the tiny melons. <laughs> you draw a knife along its skin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I was like making them for a big group of people. So I had like 12 of these guys. Wow. Hollow them all out. And uh, and I, th- I thought I'd pre-make them. Sure. Pre-make them the night before. Batch them. So I stuck all of the hollowed out watermelons in the freezer to keep. <laughs> uh-huh. You can imagine what happened next. Because uh-huh. the next day, once I took them out of the freezer to fill with the uh, the watermelon margarita, the, like the thaw the out process. The cell walls
0: had uh, had, had yeah. collapsed and they turned into slimy goo.
1: They looked like pumpkins two weeks after Halloween. <laughs> it was bad.
0: Ugh. <laughs> The other thing that I found very incongruous at this scene is that Q kind of expresses to Tom and Harry that he is interested in learning the ways of wooing a, a lady. Q wants to learn how to woo, and uh, <laughs> they don't help him, but Neelix does. Neelix is the one to give Q the hot tips on how to how to treat a, a lady, and uh, it's about sincerity, it's about giving gifts it's about loyalty
1: you can't bribe captain Janeway. oh
0: no isn't that what you do so that's what q tries
1: yeah i mean i guess the one thing that embodies that feeling is a puppy Mm -hmm. and that's the gift that q gives janeway in her office
0: Fuck, this is a cute dog. It's a real
1: cute dog. Are you inoculated
0: to the cuteness of puppies because of your <laughs> current ownership of a puppy? Are you
1: like, miss me with another puppy? <laughs> it's a great question because I was looking at this pup and I was like, well, nothing in this room is destroyed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the science fiction aspect of the scene.
0: Yeah, this dog clearly isn't teething yet, but right. it will be.
1: Yeah, this is a puppy greeting someone by not biting his hand <laughs> like my dog does.
0: Huh. Oh, she could bite me any day. She's a real sweetie. Well,
1: I've got to get that platinum, get that all-bed lodgement here.
0: Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Boy, do I love a Microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to Microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order microdosing is a technique i use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week and uh, i just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good and they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping, today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks.
0: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly incredibly fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast
1: app and at maximumfun.org. I've got to get that luck now
0: the- you selling a heist.
1: Janeway holds the puppy like someone who has held a puppy before, but Q does not, which I think is great. Like That's such a great detail that Q wouldn't know how to hold a puppy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He then kind of pivots into talking about what his reasons are for wanting to fuck Janeway, which we understand more and more in this episode why he's bad at this, having not been in a relationship for billions of years and... Sex never, never having been on the table previously, but he does do that thing where he really makes it all about him. I want someone to love me for myself. It really has nothing to do with anything he likes about her.
1: I look around at the universe and all of its Miriam alien races and it's just nothing but Stacy's and Chad's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Single for billions of years. Pretty rough. He's really got to knock the dust off of that crank. (laughs) That's some dusty junk he's got going.
0: Yeah, but it ages ages like a fine wine, Adam. The the dusty ones are the the really expensive ones.
1: Yeah. Poor guy. This is why he's so uh, unpredictable. He's walking around with that loaded member. (laughs)
0: He's got to chill out. He also makes the case for like, uh, you know, your biological clock must be ticking too. And Janeway expresses that having a kid is something that she would like to do, but not with him, not here, not now. She has bigger fish to fry at the moment.
1: This is such a gentle way for him to make his case that I kind of wish he had pivoted back into the more harder core cue that we've gotten the first few times seeing him. Like the version that holds up a picture of Tom Mervyn's and goes like, you're never going to see this guy again. Like the puppy kind of implies a, like this is the puppy version of the dog you left behind. Like the implication of the puppy is that life. Yeah. but I wish he had been more direct about the man she left that she's never going to make a baby with.
0: Yeah. And that part is kind of missing. RSVP Tom Mervins from yeah. <laughs> Janeway's thought processes. <laughs> yeah. Enter Susie Plaxon, Adam.
1: I never thought we'd see her again. This is great. One yeah. of the greats, one of our favorites is Susie Plaxen.
0: Yeah. She is here to really
1: drag Janeway through the mud. I love how Kate McGrew and John Delancey both make... Uh, is that Susie Plaxon eyes to commercial? <laughs> Jaws on the floor. Yeah. Great take there. Yeah. And this cue is Q's X. Yeah. And it sounds like part of the reason for their breakup is that one of the two parties knew they had an open relationship for billions of years. That's bound <laughs> to... Uh, engender some resentment,
0: right? Yeah. They weren't listening to the Dan Q Savage podcast advocating right. for lots of candor in one's relationship.
1: Yeah. yeah, you can't do that.
0: Yeah. There's some relationship jealousy between QZ Plaxen and, and Janeway, but Janeway is, you know, trying to get out in front of it, expressing that she has zero interest in breaking up whatever they have.
1: Stay away from him. I'll save you a lot of trouble. I have zero interest in him
0: but this is all interrupted by a bonanza of supernovas that have begun to happen in this part of space.
1: An amount that isn't just unusual, but is like scientifically impossible.
0: Yeah. They talk about that first one as having been like a a record setting observation of a supernova for the Voyager crew. And And now they're just setting the records
1: left and right. It's like they're Baseball players that are on the juice. Yeah, you add another game to the season and the record book can be thrown out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, throw some uh, asterisks
1: up on uh, on the Voyager's stats. They've got three waves converging on their position and they can't go to warp. So they're kind of limping away. But because yeah. they're on impulse power, they can't get away fast enough. A Praxis level shockwave knocking the ship. Oh. Everyone's tea is gonna hit the floor. Yeah, once these waves come but Janeway's I mean which wave do you turn into Ben? that's really the question. It's
0: an impossible choice. This would confound the great King Solomon.
1: It's the rail car problem of tea
0: (laughs) Somebody draw that Janeway's not going to be there for this, though, because she has been transported to the Continuum, which has been redressed from Texas Chainsaw Massacre theme to more of a Civil War theme, where she is trapped in a house with Field Marshal Q. Well, do
1: you think I would go from a Starfleet Admiral to anything
0: else? Who? I guess is, uh, is this Confederate, this, this uniform that he's wearing?
1: No, this is union. This is union. Very okay. specifically union. Yeah. Okay. Well that's good.
0: He kind of describes himself as a radical that's fighting the status quo, so I wasn't quite sure which uh-huh. side they were coding <laughs> for, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean the other side of the continuum is fighting for heritage. Right. So
0: Right Yeah. The, that's what makes the analogy clear the traditional values of the queue yeah so he he keeps working the pitch and it's now becoming even more kind of pragmatic he, he throws open the windows shows her that the continuum is at war and he's like this war is all about what happened with Quinn punching his own ticket and what the queue need is the compassion and love of peace that humanity has achieved and these nonviolent improvements can be brought into the continuum through crossbreeding. You're going to make a compassion messiah.
1: He's not the messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Do you find that pragmatic seduction often works, like, as an angle? <laughs> Yeah. Versus attraction or common interests or anything else. This is just getting
0: less sexy by the moment. I'd love to make fun of this, Adam, but it's basically how my wife
1: and I get together. <laughs> yeah. I have, Look, we're already roommates. I have babe. so little game. <laughs> I don't want to move. You don't want to move.
0: I'm scared of this you. <laughs> you like me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Interesting angle for the cue to take here. Yeah. You never get
0: the sense that she's like tempted, but this is more interesting than she thought it was initially. It's not just him going like, hey, want to fuck? It's like, hey, I kind of think like for the stability of the universe, I might need to make a baby with you. There's coffee and mating
1: with you. Did you crave a little bit of a indecent proposal kind of angle to this where Janeway is made to consider this seriously in a real needs of the many, needs of the few situation. I mean like they- this is this is a very light episode and we're we're very superficial in the description of what this would mean for Janeway and Q. But if Janeway were to go back to Chicote and go like the fate of the universe is at stake here. And if I truly believe that this is going to solve a massive problem, do right. I at least have to consider it? There's never that moment in this episode.
0: There isn't. And I wonder if they considered that. He it's was... too
1: sexy to consider, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but he's, he's already established as sort of an unreliable narrator. Like he says things that aren't exactly true all the time. Mm-hmm to begin with. So Yeah,
1: it's it's never about considering the proposal. It's all about whether or not he's sincere.
0: Yeah. Like even when he offers to get them home quicker, if Janeway will stay in the continuum with him, she rejects that out of hand. But we haven't quite got That's gotten.
1: a really great point. Like my I think my point answers a math problem this question isn't asking. Like yeah. th- this is on its own course yeah this is its own
0: formula Q gets shot in this scene and it's a really bloody wound probably more blood than we've seen in Star Trek in a long time and there's some discussion of the weapons in in the continuum are like really scary actually
1: just to set up this scene like this is the only way that Janeway's feeble mind can make sense of what's happening in the Q continuum is through this representation right yeah so while Q has been shot with a lead bullet shot from a musket... Those aren't muskets. What's actually happening is some crazy Q weapon yeah. being shot at a Q. And this is just the way her mind understands it. This is a
0: GUI and Q works in command line only.
1: It's a unique system. I know
0: this. On the bridge of the Voyager, everybody is kind of waking up after having been KO'd by the triple shockwave, including QZ Plaxen, who is i
1: thought she snapped away i was surprised by this
0: yeah and she's issuing threats and and chakotay even less worried about her presence than paris and kim were about q's presence in the holodeck because he's noticed that she's got bruises on her which means that she's probably been defanged like he kind of lets a lot ride on his assumption that she's been defanged but
1: yeah he's like someone in the middle of a stick up who thinks that the gun is a starter's pistol and is like 60% sure that that's what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So she comes to the realization that her powers are not there anymore. And Tuvok is the one that in so few words says, we're not stuck in here with Q. Q's stuck in here with us.
1: A Vulcan talent for stating the obvious never ceases to amaze me. Maybe the greatest representation of Lady Q's lack of powers is that she couldn't get herself out of a meeting <laughs> <laughs> that she's made to attend with Chicote and Tuvok where she kind of lays out all of the news about the continuum that Janeway got in her own version of this. Somehow I don't think this rickety barge or your half-witted crew members are up to the challenge. She is incredulous about working with them at all before Tuvok reminds her that she's kind of stuck there. Yeah. And this is her only choice. Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. Back
0: in the uh, fancy house with Delancey Q and Janeway. The house is surrounded. Q is being offered an opportunity to surrender himself and instead does the firing crazy shots out the window. You'll never catch me, coppers. Tack. <laughs> and... It does not go well. <laughs> He's like trying to get Janeway to join in the fight with him. She's not really in- interested in taking up arms in a conflict that she's not really involved with, but she, she is willing to drag him out of this room.
1: More sparks than you'd expect in an old timey Civil War mansion, right? Yeah, I guess they kind of have
0: uh, one mode when it comes to special effects explosions in Star Trek.
1: Yeah. I really love a chandelier drop, though.
0: Yeah. yeah Don't get too
1: many of those in Star Trek. Good stuff. It's big fun.
0: Down in engineering, BLT is working on a series of modifications to the ship and the shields that will let them enter the Q continuum with the Voyager.
1: This is a scene that made me notice Lady Q's mid-Atlantic accent Mm -hmm. throughout the yep. You know, I've always liked Klingon females. You've got such spunk.
0: What do you make of that? Juju Plaxon's a great actor. She's being a fancy lady, and this has that civil war milieu on the Q Continuum side of the story, so maybe it's uh, maybe her idea is to be playing like a Maryland <laughs> socialite that is uh, trying to pull
1: political strings in the midst of the war. You don't often get the combination of mid-Atlantic and regular, mm-hmm. I guess, and what it gives The feeling of is real condescension. Like whether or not that was her choice or if it was a directed choice, like it really makes her seem condescending to everyone around her in a very effective way.
0: That and like having no patience for BLT having like a shitload of work on her plate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And not being done with it.
1: But again, no one's scared of Lady Q in the way that no one is really scared of q prime
0: i would have loved to have uh bosun's whistle and chakotay get on the uh the pa throughout the ship everybody qz plaxton is going to be walking around the ship doing some stuff and just for everyone's edification she does not currently have her powers so don't let her act like she owns the place
1: if I were Chakotay, I'd be thinking about Janeway bedding down with Q and this being his chance to do the same, right? Yeah. Revenge Q sex. Yeah.
0: <laughs> In the continuum, Janeway and Delancey Q are camping with the q army mm. Um He is uh, suffering from his bullet wound and she's trying to help him out do some some battlefield medicine. They have a little debate about whether this theoretical offspring of the two of theirs would, in fact, have the compassion and love of peace that he is is after in his proposition with Janeway. It never works that way. It's a Q nature versus Q nurture kind of debate.
1: It is. But you can just imagine this kid would grow up to reject their parents Mm. ideas for what they should be like yeah uh, imagine how much damage goth q could do <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying
0: to think of any other star trek characters that are people who have a foot in two worlds but feel like they don't fully belong to either there's yeah. like almost no characters like that that i can think of
1: yeah maybe we'll be seen one day maybe one in a day. star trek series <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's like,
0: yeah, no, you wouldn't be captain of the ship anymore. You'd be raising this baby and, and, and transmitting your values to it. I would basically stay out of the whole parenting process. And she's like, this is sounding better and better.
1: But also, like, I get you home. So, like, like Janeway's position is I like being captain. I'm on a mission to get this crew home. That's sort of what my deal is. Right. Regardless of what you're proposing baby-wise. And, it is and, sort of
0: a needs of the many, right? Like the yeah. everybody but Janeway would get to go home in this arrangement. Right.
1: And yeah. she's not into it. Can you imagine Tom Mervins and that dog waiting on the dock? Mm-hmm. You know, as crew person after crew person comes down the ramp. He's like, oh, Janeway's I get it. Captain's be last. the last one to come off the ship. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. Oh, <laughs> going to be waiting a long time, Tom Mervins. Tom Mervin's trudging home. Just lets the leash
0: drop. Dog
1: shits on somebody's lawn. He doesn't even clean it up. Dog will be happier with someone else. Yeah. Yeah, but even this is not enough to convince Janeway. She wants to get her crew home herself. Kind of prideful on her part, I think. Well, I mean, it's another in the long line of defenses against fucking Q, you know? I guess so, yeah. Like, whether
0: or not it's true, <laughs> it's a stated reason not to. I forgot that that was the other the other part of the option.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I withdraw my dunk. Janeway's like, and rather than to continue this conversation, I'm going to attempt to wave the white flag on the battlefield. Yeah. Which is... An incredibly brave choice for someone who doesn't really get the rules of what's happening here. I mean, we sort of understand, but yeah. to think that you could walk out in the middle of this thing with a white flag and think you're not going to get killed is some hubris. It's
0: a huge amount of hubris given how little regard most of the Q members we've encountered have for human life
1: i mean this is like an ant walking out in the middle of a nuclear war like (laughs) like these opposing forces like what would it take for them to even notice her
0: right yeah in
1: this context
0: who knows adam tom paris has a new nickname
1: helm boy
0: he's getting bossed around by qz
1: plaxton it's amazing they keep making helm boy movies like they're very popular and i've never seen one yeah there's like four of them now, yeah. Didn't uh, Guillermo del Toro direct a, a couple of them? I mean, I Doug think Jones is in them. I think that's one of the reasons why they're supposed to be so good. I mean, I didn't think
0: that they were that good.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't know. Just never, never saw. The
0: plan is uh, we got to fly this ship into one of these supernovas, and everybody's like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." That's what we were planning on doing. Like all these modifications we're doing are for that, but they. Shield modifications that she's recommended for BLT are apparently going to get them up to 10x shield strength, which I have a lot of questions about whether they get to keep this yeah. technology going forward.
1: Wouldn't that be great?
0: I mean, the the downside is if they don't do this perfectly, the shield bubble could burn the ship to a crisp.
1: <laughs> right. There's a lot of questions and answers happening during this moment. Yeah. The bottom line is that these supernovas blow and then suck almost instantly. And that is going to be the function that draws the Voyager into the continuum.
0: So in they head and there's a flash of light and we come back to the continuum where Janeway is in the tent of a shitty confettiate general on the other side of the battlefield and, uh, Did you recognize this guy? He was the uh, general in Saving Private Ryan that said, we've got to go get them the hell out of there.
1: Of course I did. I I mean, I knew him primarily as FBI Director Lazaro from Face Off. (laughs) The guy who John Travolta kills with a heart attack that he makes happen by punching him in the chest.
0: (laughs) What a good movie.
1: (laughs) He was also Mr. Brooks in Dawson's Creek. Oh, for all your there heads! All out you like creek me. freaks! <laughs> oh yeah! Is Creek Freaks a uh, a bonus podcast we should do for the <laughs> Greatest Gen bonus feed? It would break my heart to watch. Dawson's Creek as in the state that it's in right now because it, all of its copyrighted music got taken right. out of it It's just not the same. It's like right. watching 90210 like the music was like a big part of it And yeah. without it, it's just not the same at all stupid media companies with their You're stupid you, Steve Sanders is gonna have a 21st birthday party without the goo goo dolls playing live <laughs> Not on my watch and instead, it, and instead <laughs> it's like some stock music man. That's not a party so, you would New- never stand for that.
0: When I was in New York, I did some video work for a guy who he was a musician, but like his day job was in post production at MTV. And he was the person who single handedly got the DVD reissue of The State together. And wow. what that involved was taking out all of the, you know, MTV used to just put hit MTV music in all of their shows and they couldn't re-release the state with that stuff in it so he like he just spent a year on company time saying like hey like when i'm not busy doing other stuff i'm going to be editing needle drop onto episodes of the state so that we can reissue this as dvds it was a labor yeah. of love you know like it's a shame because like the state isn't quite the same thing as it was when it was on tv but also i'm really glad that's still out there you know
1: yeah i just think uh i think any time you can stop copyrighted material from being used in another person or group's <laughs> work you got to do that you got I mean, who to. knows how that stuff is going to get used ben yeah. like all of a sudden you could take that stuff and use it to say anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: you know how i feel about copyrighted material adam how's that been i
1: want to dip my balls <laughs> in it. <laughs> so this colonel is dressed in confederate colonel garb which makes a fairly strong comment on what side of this q continuum conflict he represents
0: Mm -hmm. he's the side that is being northern aggressed
1: (laughs) what i really like in this conversation is how they're both shot from below right yeah normally in a scene between two characters having an argument you'd get the suggestion of superiority by one person being shot from above and one from below. But when they're both shot from below, they're both seen as superior in their argument.
0: Right. And they're on roughly even footing.
1: Mm -hmm. She proposes her truce and Colonel Q is like, yeah, a stop to the fighting is a great idea. This is something I can agree with you with. But the methods for this truce are a thing that they do not agree with at all because executing Q is the proposition on the table at this point.
0: Yeah. Colonel Q is a real son of a bitch and uh, already has Delancey Q in his custody. And Delancey Q, to his credit, attempts an act of selflessness here. He says, like, I know you're going to execute me, but leave Janeway out of it. This isn't her fault. But uh, Colonel Q believes that Janeway has aided and abetted the enemy. So they are both going to get tied up to telephone poles
1: and executed by firing squad. I thought he was going to say she was pregnant <laughs> to save her life. <laughs> and that's like the cost of surviving the moment is yeah. like Q gets killed. He snaps his fingers and impregnates her. She gets permitted to leave. That's not what happens here, though. No. This is a sweet scene and a good moment for John DeLancey. He really has all the gears as an actor. Yeah. He's, to he's, go along with that massive crank. <laughs> He sure does, Adam. We've heard. It's kind of an open secret, right? We're not talking out of school there. I don't remember where I
0: heard it first. I don't think I heard it in private.
1: Yeah, I I think it's out there. This is not
0: something that, like... A Star Trek star said to me in confidence while we were sitting in the first class seats in a flight from Vegas to L.A. That is usually
1: how you'd get that kind of
0: information. Yeah, but I would never have a conversation in that context.
1: No. You know what? Maybe it's better that you didn't chat up Jonathan Frakes if the first question you asked was about John Delancey's (laughs) cock. Hey, I got to (laughs) know.
0: Been hearing over the transom some stuff about Delancey's dong.
1: Can you confirm or deny? So you think they're going to get executed here, but the shots fired are not from the firing squad. They're from the union. Yeah. And the union is made up of the Voyager crew shooting period weapons and in period costumes. Voyager crew to the rescue? (laughs) Mm, Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love the little pop zooms in on them when they're, when the, like, you almost never see a, a zoom in in, in Star yeah. Trek. And those are really great. Like, I'm sure that's an homage to, like, a Peckinpah film or something.
1: Yeah, I like that moment a lot, too.
0: They felt great. And it's a fun action sequence. Harry Kim and QZ Plaxen are running around rescuing Janeway and Delancey Q. Tom Paris catches Colonel Q at the end of his rifle and takes him into custody. These are the Q's weapons that they're wielding. So this GUI works for everyone. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know what goes hand in hand with violence, Adam? (laughs) Is sex. Oh yeah, this is Tipper Gore's worst nightmare. QZ Plaxen and and Delancey Q have gotten hot and bothered (laughs) about all of this violence and come up with an idea for being the people who do the reproducing and we get to watch. Yeah, and so does Captain Janeway.
1: Now is the time when QZ Plaxen and Q Delancey do it right on camera.
0: Yeah, you see it going in. You think going it's going to be
1: something massive, but it's only a hand job. Yeah. That's how they do it. That was it. So That's how it is in their family. And then like just after Sweet Release, the crew is transported back to Voyager, yeah. where there are no supernovas around.
0: No supernovas. They're back on their course. They didn't get a free bump in their progress or anything like that. I was kind of thinking like, uh, I'll take 10,000 light years off your (laughs) thing or whatever. Like, would have been nice, but uh, Mm -hmm. at least the war is over. Janeway says, all right, everybody back to work. I'm going to be in my ready room flicking the bean. I just watched two people bone down on a battlefield.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many hours was she awake this time around?
0: Yeah. And uh, when she gets in there, she gets to meet Baby Q, who's
1: already in a uh, a
0: Starfleet uniform. Little Starfleet onesie.
1: Yeah, this kid outranks Neelix, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Already.
0: Yeah, you just, you hear Harry Kim on the other side of the door going,
1: God fucking damn it, are you kidding me? I'm in Ensign still and there's a baby with four fucking pips." (laughs) What?! Ensign Kim, change your captain's diaper. <laughs> That's the thing, like the annular confinement beam of the transporter is sufficient to like beam adult poops out. Right, right. But a baby poop is like is too diffuse. It's too messy. It can't be done. <laughs>
0: you really need high resolution for that. Yeah. Yeah. He makes her an offer she can't refuse. He'd like her to be the baby's godmother. Yeah, and away they flash, and that's the episode,
1: Adam. Nice to see Q holding a baby a little bit better than a puppy. <laughs> yeah, I was worried. This is going to be fun to return to again. Like, you don't just make a Q baby without bringing back the uh, the Q progeny at some point, right?
0: <laughs> right. I don't think you do. Yeah, but
1: this is a this is a show with kind of a mixed record of of what it chooses to recognize <laughs> as its own canon. <laughs>
0: It's really true. Yeah, what they bring back. Not consistent. But uh, I have a question, Adam. Did you like this episode of Star Trek Voyager?
1: I think I tend to like Q episodes. And I'm sure someone could play a reel of me hating on Q episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Now would be the time to play that back. But I think... I think maybe after as many of them as we've as we've gotten, there is a comfort to them yeah. that I enjoy. You know, it's easy to feel like when you're with this crew on this ship out in its quadrant, you're just going to be far away from the familiar stories and characters that you've gotten on past series. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, like, that's how this feels. This is a lot like meeting those two Ferengi dumbasses again after <laughs> so much time. Like, This is, it's comfortable to be around the familiar on occasion. And this is one of those episodes. A Q episode is a, is a great way to do that. Yeah. I like seeing Captain Janeway kick Q in the nuts as often as she does. She always hits, always hits the target with him. And uh, I like that they don't tend to overuse this. Like Q's not around all the time. He's not getting a three episode arc here. He's coming and going. No, it's about a once a season thing at at most. I feel like, and in a thirty seven episode season, that is uh that's just the right dose. <laughs> and uh, in this case, I mean, boy, love seeing Susie Plaxton again. She's just the greatest. So yeah, I mean, for those two reasons, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I did like the episode quite a bit. What about you?
0: I, I also like this episode, and I traditionally don't feel like I love Q Epps, but this one is light fun. And yeah, like we talked about how serious this could have been played. Like you set up this premise and take it to its most serious possible treatment and it would have been way more intense. And I don't think that that's the strength of a Q episode. So I surprisingly kind of liked the the way they took this one
1: kind of an interesting sequence in the season so far going from future's end to warlord to this episode yeah like tonally totally (laughs) yeah
0: some weird choices
1: the stakes are pretty high throughout
0: well do you want to see if the stakes are high in the priority one inbox
1: adam the fate of the show depends on the priority one inbox staying well stocked ben hmm Priority One message from Starfleet, coming in on secured channel.
0: Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental.
1: Supplemental.
0: Yeah, it's extra. The interest alone could be enough to buy this ship.
1: Ben, our first Priority One message is of a promotional nature. And this promotional message is from Sean Capstick, asking us to check out Capstick Building and Renovation in Victoria, B.C. The message goes like this. If you hire this guy to build something, you'll hear him giggling away while he listens to nerds talking about Star Trek. (laughs) What a delight to know that your talented carpenter... Is belly laughing with Ben and Adam, making dumb jokes. If you're in Victoria, B.C. and you want your carpenter to be a real dork, Sean is here. Whoa. Sean took out an ad for himself. No,
0: I think that this was sent in on Sean's behalf because it, the, the targeted date is February because that's when Sean's birthday is. And I kind of think oh, maybe, yeah. maybe somebody is promoting Sean's carpentry business as an act of love or friendship. Maybe
1: there's someone else on the job site. Looking at Sean laughing his way through an entire shift, wondering what the hell he's listening to.
0: (laughs) This dovetail came out completely wrong because obviously the carpenter was doing a belly laugh while he was doing his chisel work.
1: (laughs) We keep inviting Sean to take the work van to the home center to go pick up more materials. Just to get him away from us.
0: If you're in Victoria, BC, capstick building and renovation sounds like a great place to inquire if you need some work done. So thanks for uh, getting that commercial P1. Here is a personal P1 from Mike in Baltimore, and it is to you and me, to Ben and Adam. It goes like this. I knew I was due for a P1 when I dreamt that my student's class project was interrupted by, for some reason, Glenn Howerton, using my school laptop to edit The Greatest Generation. Glenn was more than a little bit embarrassed to learn he had contaminated a school computer with Uxbridge Shimoda files. Jukebox request: Kevin, VFG, Odo, and Mark T singing We Are The World. So so Mike in Baltimore has asked us to pull out four different characters singing a celebrity fundraising song here. I don't actually know the words to the, we are the world.
1: Oh, we're just a, a Google search away. Mike in Baltimore subscribes to that idea that it doesn't hurt to ask. This is one uh, of those.
0: It does. <laughs> <laughs>
1: To declare we are the world, we are also the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day, so let's start giving. Oh, there's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. It's true, we'll make a better day, just you and me.
0: When you're down and out. Seems no hope at all. But if you just believe there's no way we can fall. Well, 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 let's realize that change can only come when we stand together as one. We We're are really the world, <sighs> and
1: also we even are the children. children. You're
0: the, the one to make the greater. Otherwise
1: it's a war crime! Oh such a choice we're making. We're seeing it. It's true. We make it better, day Just you and me. You and me. And no who
0: shouldn't I'm humiliated that we did that, Adam. Can we just get on to the next p one <laughs>
1: Then that P1 is from Todd and it is to Claire. And that message goes like this We've been married for five years. Or maybe four. I'm not entirely sure. Our anniversary is in July or possibly January. Definitely a J month. <laughs> anyway, I love you and I'm certain of that. Happy anniversary. Probably. Wow. Gotta be hard to have a relationship with Kern. I mean, at a certain point,
0: you probably don't take it super personally when he forgets your birthday or your anniversary or whatever, right?
1: Very forgiving partner, if you're Claire, (laughs) clearly. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, uh, happy anniversary, maybe, to Todd and Claire. And uh, thanks to everyone that got a priority one message here on the show today. Head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron if you'd like to get one.
1: You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullet, I don't like Fred, and I don't like you. Hey Ben, what's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible!
0: Drunk, drunk Shimoda!
1: Shimoda! I'm gonna give it to QZ Plaxon. I think that
0: partly this is just uh, honorary Shimoda for being uh, such a pleasure to, to get another episode with her, but uh, also partly just time a Q attempts the snap. And doesn't have their power, which you know we've only seen a few times, but that's always uh, a really funny moment, a real like uh, high status it's snap character, huh? yeah, being being brought down to earth. And that's my Shimoda moment for the episode.
1: There's, it's like real magician shame <laughs> when that happens, right? It's it's a magician blowing a trick, totally, totally. I'll guess your card, and then they guess the wrong card. Yeah, that's the vibe. Absolutely. How about you? I'm going to go for a time code Shimoda, Ben. Okay. For me, I mean, the Shimoda is obviously Q, but what is the moment that is most Shimoda-like? If you move your timestamp to 13 minutes and 23 seconds, the take that Q has while describing his sexual prowess, (laughs) I think is one of my favorite expressions I've ever seen John Delancey make. It is big, big fun. And for that reason, he is my Shimoda. Some great face-
0: takes in this episode by delancey all the way through yeah. he
1: really brings it with the face it does
0: wow well fun shimotas. adam our next episode is season three episode 12 macrocosm janeway and neelix return from an away mission to find voyager adrift in space and the crew barely alive They soon learn that the ship has been overrun by viral life forms that are rapidly growing in size.
1: They made the crucial error of going to a conference or something. You can't leave the ship and expect to come back to the ship okay.
0: No. Yeah. The ship went into the corona this episode, and now they're coming to discover that they've got a virus. Hmm. So. Too soon. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's not too soon for you to head to the Game of Buttholes the will of the caretaker at gach.biz slash game and tell us how we'll be reviewing this next
1: episode. Ben, our runabout is pulsing on top of square 41. Makes me wonder, is the runabout the game piece for us on Voyager?
0: I mean, it is should at Should we moment. change what it is? What would you change it to? A race car shuttle?
1: I don't know. What should it be? I don't know. Something to think about. Some of anyway. those shiny
0: balls that you use to clean your hands in Neelix's restaurant?
1: Five squares away, we got a coco no no. a episode. That's the only thing in range for us. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Let's see if we hit it. I'll tell you after I roll this die. Do that. Didn't quite get there, Ben. I rolled a three, which means we're on square 44. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. That coco no no remains two squares ahead. All right. So a definite possibility for next time. That means... Okay. Okay. Next week is going to be a regular episode. Another great episode, I think. Sure. Why not? Hard to beat this one. One of the best. Well, if you
0: enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy our other Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Discovery, which is uh, also here on MaximumFun.org, along with a ton of other great podcasts. Check it all out. If you'll really like the show, you might want to consider giving us uh, some monthly support at MaximumFun.org slash join. You'll get uh, access to all of those bonus episodes we were mentioning earlier. And uh, we're trying to put out a bonus episode every month now that we have a full-time producer who we're really happy to have. That's Wendy Pretty, producer of yeah. this program.
1: Making everything better. That's what Wendy's doing true if you aren't too embarrassed about it maybe you could tell a friend or a co-worker a family member that you like this show maybe put them onto it don't maybe, go out of your uh, way maybe suggest an episode for them to start with maybe it's this one pretty good one to start with i think this episode has it all
0: yeah this is the the on-ramp episode <laughs> ever there was one Go on uh, social media if you uh, like to do that kind of thing. Use the hashtag GreatestGen. We're online at GreatestTrek. Those accounts, of course, are run by the card daddy, Bill Tilly. And uh, we also should thank Adam argusia who makes the original theme music for this show based on the original work of Dark Materia.
1: Yeah, we sure don't do it alone, Ben. No. It would be a disaster. Yeah, it takes a village.
0: That is all for this week, but we will be back at the folks next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager where we get into a real virus measuring contest.
1: Mm. Mmm.
0: probably lose it to Delancey.
1: I measure from the nucleus.
0: (laughs) I measure from the mRNA. (laughs) Make it so. Make it so.